0: It's time. It's time. Passcode accepted. Outloading the Down South IT Podcast. Hello everybody! Glad to have you with me. This is the season finale of season 8. Thank you all for being here. My name is Clark. This is the Down South IT Podcast. Just like I said in many, many, many posts on Facebook, this episode was chosen by you. And it just so happens that it's something I've not talked on this podcast before about. So Today, we're going to talk about Chromebooks. Everybody's seen them? I'm sure you have. If you have kids, I know you've seen them, and we'll get to that in a little bit. And if you haven't yet, or if it's been a little while, head over to the website, DownSouthITPodcast.com. You can hang out over there, listen to all of the back episodes, check out all the show prep, which today's show prep is actually fairly, it's They got a couple of good links in there that you may want to look at if you're in the market for a Chromebook. So check out the show prep. It's right underneath the embedded player. You can check out the Defender newsletter. You can check out all of the build guides, reviews, videos, all the stuff having to do with the podcast is there, downsouthitpodcast.com. While you're there, you can hit the shop link at the very top. Check out all of the cool merch that I have. You can help represent me. And helps me out in doing some builds for, you know, future episodes later on. Helps me out immensely. I would very much appreciate it if you hit it and go check that out. Now, being this is the finale episode of the season, I'll be going away for the summer like I normally do. My little summer break. I will be coming back with a fresh episode on August 16th. So you can mark your calendars for that or just... Watch Facebook because I will be announcing that again. But like I said before, this episode was picked by you. So let's dive right into it. And basically, I kind of just want to go through what a Chromebook is and what some of the pros, some of the cons. I do have a link to a list of the best ones from PC Magazine, it's at PCMag.com. And I do have the link on the show prep, so you can check that out on the website. One of the very important links that you could be using today, but it's not going to be the most important. I'll get to that one a little bit later. But I kind of I pretty much agree with this list. I I did not pick it again as PC Magazine's list, but overall I definitely agree with it and I'll go over those at the end of the podcast. So, basically we'll start with what is a Chromebook? And a Chromebook, it could be a couple of different things. One is either going to be a convertible tablet or it's gonna be a very small laptop. And they basically run the exact same hardware that a regular laptop would run. It has memory, it has storage, it has a screen, keyboard, the whole nine. The only difference is some of the hardware, well, some of the hardware is a little, well, I'll get to that in a little while, but the big difference is gonna be Chrome OS. That's the software that is running. So it doesn't run Mac, OS, it doesn't run iOS, it doesn't run Windows, it doesn't run Linux, it runs Chrome OS, which is a de- derivative of Android. If you know how to use an Android phone or have used an Android tablet in the past, using a Chromebook is going to be almost second nature. And that's a good thing because who wants to have to go through the aggravation of learning how to use a tablet or something like that all over again with a new operating system. With this, you don't have to. So now we got the basics out the way, let's jump straight into the pros. First, it's gonna be small and portable. Most Chromebooks are very small. They only come with anywhere between an eight and 11 inch screen. Some of the more expensive ones will get bigger like a 13 or a 14 inch screen like a normal laptop but for the most part, it's around 11 inches. That's usually the the screen size, so it's not terribly big. Most are around two pounds, so they're very light, very easy to get around, and that's the main feature with these. They, they want to be small. They want to be portable. They want to be easy to use. Next, they have a very long battery life. It's not uncommon to have eight or more hours of battery life on these tablets, on, on these laptops. The the chips that they use, the hardware that they use is very efficient. Most of them are going to be repurposed or reused mobile chips from other laptops or something along that line. So there are they are going to be very power efficient. So you'll get a lot of battery life and a lot of use out of these on one charge. Another good thing is you have access to the Google App Store. So anything that is on the Google App Store, you have access to it. Now, granted, that doesn't mean that you can do everything, but you can get by and do some different things with just about anything that you can find on the App Store. One of the good things is a lot of times if there's a paid app that you have to get on the App Store, a lot of times there's a free one that's just as good You may end up with ads just like you would on your phone, but it's free, so it's kind of a trade-off. Next up is gonna be your cloud storage. Since all of these use a Google account to be able to use them, you have to sign into your your Google account to, to be able to set these up and they have to have an internet connection. And the good thing is everything that you do is gonna be backed up on Google Drive or Google One depending on if you wanna pay for the extra storage. A free Google account has 15 gigs worth of storage. That's you know a lot of cloud storage if you're just kind of surfing the internet or typing up a couple of documents here and there. For most people, 15 gigs is going to be plenty enough storage in the cloud. If you happen to need more, I think Google One is, I think, two bucks a month. And for that, you get 100 gigabytes of space. So it's Fairly cost efficient if you wanna get more space or if you have multiple people on your account, like say you do a family account. If you wanna do that and split that between everyone, you can and it's two bucks a month. It's not bad at all. Next up is every one of these is gonna be a touchscreen. So like I said, it's basically gonna be a tablet. It may have a keyboard and it may look very similar to a laptop, but they all have touchscreen functionality. Again, that kind of goes in with the ease of use, which is next. And again, like I said, if you've ever used an Android tablet or an Android phone, or to be honest, even iOS phone, you know, an iPhone, jumping to a Chromebook will not be very much different from an iPad, at least as far as an ease of use and, you know, being accustomed to it. Grant, a lot of the ins and outs and some of the where stuff is, is gonna be quite different. But just jumping in and being able to use it and get around and do normal things. Most people, you, if you've used a phone before, a smartphone, you can pretty much pick these up fairly quickly. Now, one thing that Google does tout very, very often and loudly with these Chromebooks is the security features. They do have dedicated chips on the, in the hardware just for data security. They do have secure boot every time you boot these up they do go through a hash check to make sure that there's no malware or anything like that on them so you do have that security on there built in it's not you don't have to do anything extra it's already there if you do have kids they do have features for kids that you can set up by your on your google account and just have your kids stuff there that way you can monitor everything that they're doing Or restrict stuff if you don't want them to get into it. So that's a very good thing. And you can change that on the fly as well. And another good thing is there's a wide selection of price points. There's Chromebooks for just about every price point you can think of. So if there's only so much money in the budget that you have, then you can probably find a Chromebook in that budget. Now granted, there are some things that you might want to listen to on the cons list coming up. That may kind of push you into a little bit higher price point, but I guarantee you it will be very much worth your while. And speaking of cons, let's get into some of those because there are a lot more cons than there are pros, but I guarantee you stick around for the end because I do have some thoughts on these. All right. So for the cons, we do have some of these that are poorly made. Granted, with every cheap piece of electronics, there are going to be some duds. And the only bad thing about having Chrome OS and some of these cheap Chromebooks, a lot of them are very poorly made. Screens are not gonna be that great. You know, they're gonna be really bendy and flexy. They're not gonna, if you drop it once, it's dead. So, you know, the just the build quality on a lot of these is gonna depend on a lot of how much you pay for it. In the case of Chromebooks, you get what you pay for in this case. And this is a stellar example of that. Next up, the update schedule is based on when your Chromebook was manufactured. So depending on when your Chromebook was actually built is to how long it actually will get updates for. There are a lot of cheap Chromebooks out there. They're cheap for a reason. The reason is they either passed the update schedule or it's coming up, so they need to be unloaded. And that whenever you see Chromebooks on sale, a lot of times that's what's gonna happen. There, there's what they call the AUE, which is the automatic update expiration list. I actually have the list in the show prep. This is the most important link that you can check before you buy a Chromebook. And it's on the show prep on the website, DownSouthITPodcast.com. Click the show prep icon underneath the embedded player. You can find it there, episode 812. This is going to be directly from Google. It's their support document saying which ones are going to get updates till when. And it goes by manufacturer. So it's, it's pretty easy and very well laid out. You can go check that make sure that you get one that is going to get updates for a while because they have some Chromebooks out there that have already passed the automatic update schedule, which means they're not getting updates at all. No security updates, no feature updates, no nothing. They've already passed. Everything's already lapsed because they've sat on a shelf for so long. They do have some that are coming up on their automatic update expiration, which means They're only going to get updates for maybe another year or so, and then you won't get anything. But if you get one that's fairly new, you'll get one that's guaranteed updates for at least eight years. Some are a little longer than that, but the newest ones are going to get updates all the way out till 2029. So it really makes a difference on which models that you decide to get if you're in the market for one of these again check out the show prep it's on episode 812 on the homepage on the Needy embedded player go check that check that make sure you get to that link and check before you buy because if you're in the market for one of these you don't want to get one that's only going to get updates for a year you know you want to make sure you get up at least for the security updates if nothing else you know for a good long time even if it is only 6 or 7 years that's still better than nothing you know, it's a lot better than it being already lapsed. So please check that out before before you buy, very much before you buy. Next up, the screens usually aren't the best. I kind of said that already earlier, which means they're not going to be the best quality. They're not going to have very crazy vivid colors. They're not going to be high refresh rate. You know, it's usually going to be a 60 hertz IPS panel, something very simple, very, you know, Very cheap because these are cheaper laptops. But that doesn't mean that they're going to be bad. You know, just because they don't use the best screens out there, they're not using OLEDs or anything like that, doesn't mean it's going to be a bad experience. So I got it in the con list, but it could be a pro depending on how you look at it. Most of these are going to be perfectly serviceable and usable. It just won't be the latest and greatest technology that's out there. Next up, the keyboards are gonna be on the small side. Because these are compact and very portable, the keyboards and the keyboard layouts are gonna be a little bit different to be able to squeeze everything in, in that that real estate. So if you have larger hands or you got sausage fingers like I do, then you may have a little bit more of an issue typing on some of these because the keyboards are so small. Uh, I kind of liken this to trying to type on my Surface Go tablet. You know, the keyboard itself is great. I mean, the the feel on it is really good on my Surface Go, but it is extremely tight. So for me and my big hands, it makes things a little bit more difficult than it really needs to be. So if you have larger hands, just kind of be aware of that up front. And also because they don't have a whole lot of real estate, a lot of these don't have a very big trackpad, so your mouse pad that you have on there is not going to be the biggest one either because they have a limited amount of space. So that's also something to look out for. If you use the mouse a lot and you kind of, you, a lot of people like to drift when they're doing stuff and swipe a lot, you know, you might not have that opportunity with these because the trackpads are not going to be that big. Next up is the IO ports. lot of these again you get what you pay for some of the higher priced ones will have a lot more io on them they'll have a lot more usb ports or headphone jacks and stuff like that built into them than some of the cheaper ones some of the cheaper ones will probably only have a charging port maybe one usb port maybe if you're lucky sometimes they don't even have that so if you're planning on using a wireless mouse with this or if you like to plug in you know, another dongle for something, or if you wanna use a flash drive to access different stuff or save things, then this is gonna be, it might be an issue because they probably won't have a whole lot of ports on them. Now granted, that differs from manufacturer to manufacturer, and it depends on what you're looking at and what you wanna do with it as to what you really need to look for. So, you know, if you're planning on using a mouse or if you know you're going to use storage other than what's on there and everything, that's something you want to look out for. You know, if you only have the one port, then you don't want to have to move things around and, you know, take stuff out and put stuff back in. It's just annoying. So take a look at that whenever you are looking around for these and make sure that the ports are going to be up to what you need it to do. next up is not a lot of onboard storage. So you may end up using a flash drive or a thumb drive or something like that to be able to save and move things around. And so you may need those extra USB ports because most of these don't have a whole lot of storage to go on because they're so small, they're portable. They're not made really to have stuff stored on them or a lot of things stored on them. Most Chromebooks will come with either... 32 gigabytes of storage, 64 or 128. Some of the higher priced ones are going to be the 128. But for the most part, the mean, you know, the average is going to be about 64. So normally that's enough for, you know, to do most things. You won't be saving a whole lot on there anyway. And if you use the, your cloud storage, right, that'll give you an extra 15 gigs on top of that. So it's, it depends on exactly what you're planning on doing with it. But most of the manufacturers kind of settled in on that that average of 64, you know, is kind of what everybody is is doing. Now, along with uh, not a whole lot of storage, you know, on board, they also don't have a lot of RAM. Now, I do have this in the con column, but to be fair, Chrome OS doesn't need a whole lot of RAM to run. So the stuff that it does doesn't require a whole lot of storage or a whole lot of RAM to do what it needs to do. Same you know, same principle for your phone. Most phones have, you know, three, maybe four gigabytes of RAM anyway, and about sixty-four gigs of storage. So, you know, a lot of these are running mobile chips and mobile chipsets. So, you know, you can figure a phone will run just as good on that, then so will a Chromebook. Now again, a lot of the upper tier price ones will have more RAM and more storage. So if you are planning on doing stuff that's you know ram intensive you'll probably want to steer clear of the ones with just four gigs now last on my list is there is a whole lot of designs to choose from and again this is something that could be in the pro column if you are in the market and you don't know exactly what you want to get but there's a lot of designs to choose from from the size of the bezels to the size of the screen to how big the trackpads are, the different keyboards. They also have the full laptop versions of Chromebooks. They also have a folio type that's more of the Microsoft Surface uh, tablets, something along that line. They do have those designs also. They have some with uh, optional kickstands built into them. So there's a lot of different things that you can look at as far as designs go. To me, that just makes things a little bit more confusing because you don't know exactly what you want to get. So that's why I put it in the the con column because, you know, it's too confusing. There's too much going on. So now that I've told you all that, should you get a Chromebook over, say, Windows or, you know, a Mac laptop? And the basic answer is it depends on what you plan on using it for. Now, I know a lot of schools require these for, you know, your kid's schoolwork and different things along that nature, so that might be why you're in the market for one of these. You know, schools have taken to these almost to a rabid level, to, to be honest, because they found that they're a lot more customizable and they work a lot better and they're a lot cheaper than, say, having to give out, you know, three or 400 iPads in one go. So these are a lot more cost efficient and they can still lock them down and keep the kids doing what they're supposed to be doing on them. So that might be why you're in the market for one of these. But if really and truly all you're doing is surfing the web, checking your email, watching YouTube videos, checking Facebook, that type of thing, you know, nothing too crazy, then Really and truly, you could probably get one of these and supplement a Windows laptop or a Mac laptop if you really wanted to, and you would be perfectly fine. I don't think anybody would have really any problems with that. You're not going to be bogged down by a whole lot of storage. You're not going to be bogged down as far as RAM goes because watching YouTube videos and stuff on Facebook is not very RAM intensive. So, you know, you'd be fine there. So if you're using this thing for very light use, maybe knock out a couple of Google documents, you know, Word documents, what have you, it'd be perfectly fine. I really don't think anybody would really have any problems with this. It would be very serviceable to most people. Now, if you wanted to do something a little more, like say you wanted to play some games and different things like that, this probably would not be the laptop for you simply because a lot more games are built and coded for Windows whether you get it on Steam or you know whatever it has, happens to be whatever launcher it is most of most games at least as far as the old AAA titles and even some of the newer ones especially the newer ones everything is going to be coded more towards a Windows environment rather than you know Google's Chrome OS that's not to say you can't play games on a Chromebook and pretty much anything on the app store that you can download, you can play. Everything all of that should play just fine. You probably won't have any issues. But if you play something that has a little needs a little bit more horsepower, then a Chromebook is probably not going to be the best answer for you because the gaming experience is probably not going to be all that great. If you do some light photo editing, which by that I mean basically just cropping it and maybe putting a few filters on there, I don't think you have really too much problem on a Chromebook either. Anything outside of that, you're probably going to want to steer toward either Windows or Mac. Editing video is going to be pretty much out. I really don't think you be, uh, have a very good experience trying to edit video on a Chromebook. I think that would be utterly terrible with the hardware that they give you. So depending on what you're planning on doing with this, or if your kid just needs it for school, it should serve them well. And from everything that I've seen and a lot of the price points and things like that, to get something in the two hundred fifty to three hundred dollar range is probably gonna be your best bet as far as features to performance. That seems to be the sweet spot with everything that I've seen and all of the ones that I've researched so far. You know, somewhere in that two fifty to three hundred dollar range is probably gonna be your best bet. You can probably catch stuff on sale, you know, about the $180, $200 mark from the ones that are normally that $250 to $300 mark. You just got to wait and see if you catch it on sale. Again, check that auto update schedule to make sure that those are the ones that are going to get updates for a while. And last but not least, make sure you set your expectations because these, even if you get one, you know, $250, $300, they will run fine. But all in all, these are still not running the latest and greatest hardware. They're not running, you know, NVIDIA 3090s and 12900K, you know, CPUs. So set your expectations down a little. You know, these are very much just large phones that you can't make phone calls on. So, you know, kind of set your expectations as far as phone performance as laptop performance. That's how you should kind of be thinking about these. So now let's get into the PC mags, top Chromebooks. Again, I did not pick this list, but I do pretty much support all of the ones and how they picked them. Uh, First up is going to be, I'm only going to go through the top three and you can check out the rest of them. I have the link on the show prep. Best general use Chromebook for most people Runs at 439 on Amazon. It's an Acer Chromebook Spin 514. So it's a regular laptop design, but you can spin the screen all the way around to use it just as a tablet if you really want to. It's a 14-inch screen, AMD Ryzen-based Chromebook. It's a two-in-one laptop, and that's what they come up with as far as their best general use Chromebook. Their best premium Chromebook, believe it or not, is $399 at Amazon, and it's the updated version of that same one. It's the Acer Chromebook Spin 713, came out this year, and it's a little bit pricey, but as far as convertible laptops that you can use as a tablet, according to them, it's one of the best that you can get. As far as budget tablets, they do have one in the $269 $269 range, again on Amazon, is the Lenovo Chromebook Duet. And this one is laid out very similar to the Surface Go tablets from Microsoft. It has the same kickstand design with the folio that you can fold up, you know, the folio keyboard. The detachable also, so you can use it just as a regular tablet if you really want to. Again, 269 it's a two-in-one detachable and it got a 4 out of 5 excellent review and it made PC editors PC magazines editor's choice. So, if you're looking for something a little bit more in that $250 to $300 range, this would definitely be one to look at. Again, you can find the full list at for these on the show prep downsouthitpodcast.com. Underneath the embedded player, click the show prep link and it'll be right there episode 812. It'll be the bo- the very bottom link if I remember right. Yep, the very bottom link at the top of the page. Above that is going to be the automatic update expiration list from Google. Again, if you're in the market for one of these, that's the link that you really need to look at before you decide to hit that buy button. So again, check that out. It's on the show prep on the website. And there you have it. This has been the season eight finale of the Down South IT podcast. I thank you for sticking with me, but I have to end it like I always do. With a paraphrase from Albert Hubbard, technology can replace the work of many people, but it can never replace the work of one extraordinary person. So go out and be extraordinary today. Thank you all for listening. I love you. I'll be back on August 16th with the premiere episode of season nine. So y'all be there. I'll be there rocked and ready to go. Thank you for joining me. This has been a blast Love you. See you in August. Y'all have a great one. Have a great summer. I'll be back for season nine. Later!